When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody welcome to red wings rant work tirades and a passion please for your detroit red wings finally have a home of course i'm here uh not live sometimes i see that question pop up on youtube and of course if you're listening to the podcast right now i was lucky enough to uh not post our latest episode so this will be our new opening to that episode of course the announcement of Derek lalonde uh becoming the red wings new head coach so I thought I'd take some time here. Let's let's go over some of the details because I think uh, I got a fair share of messages last night. You may have gotten a fair share of messages last night of, uh, you know, how do you feel about Lalonde? Well, we'll take a quick look here. And uh, I, I think it it starts off with, is this the most exciting signing in the world? And um I, I will say if you are super stoked, there's reason to be. Sky has quite the track record, which we'll go over in a second. But is this something, I don't know, I'm shopping for a house right now. So you have like your checklist, right? You're looking for things that you absolutely need in the house. But is this the house that has like the the sweet hot tub out back? And it just so happens they were they were fans of bowling. So... If you pick this house, uh, you get a bowling alley in the basement. Yes, of course, I, I'm talking about maybe a, a house that's way too, too high over all of our budgets right now. But is this, for me, the house with a bowling alley, a hot tub, and a pool? For me, it's not. But it does cross off a lot of boxes, okay? And and when I say it's your right to be excited, I mean, we can we can talk about uh, our man's track record here, uh, Fair State University, uh, actually taking over for Jeffy Boy. That's right. Took over for Jeff Blaschel. If you guys are uh, watching on YouTube, you can actually see this list here. Uh, but for the podcast listeners, basically his, his coaching timeline, 2002 to 2006, um, <clears throat> University of Denver, 2006 to 2011, uh, and then the Green Bay Gamblers, 2011 uh, to 2014. Uh, keep in mind for the gamblers and then the walleye, 
some pretty great first years. Gamblers go on to win a championship. And uh, the walleye go from worst to regular season first. Uh, so a couple of points of note there in regards to what can this guy do with an organization uh, in his first year. And of course, moving over to the uh, Iowa Wild head coach, 2016 to 2018. We also know that um, our very own assistant coach, Alex Tungay, coming from there. Uh, and then, of course, assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning brought in while Stevie Y was under watch. Um, so this is <laughs> the second time that Steve Eiserman uh, has been a part of a decision of bringing Derek Lalonde to a coaching staff. So clearly there's something that Steve likes. And we kept asking, what is Steve waiting for? We talked about the other candidates that Steve might have been interested in. It appears, ladies and gentlemen, it might have just been the one and only. Because now, on that coaching timeline for Derek Lalonde, as previously mentioned, starting in 2022, of course, the Detroit Red Wings head coach. Do I hate this signing? Absolutely not. I'm happy. I think this could have gone a lot of worse ways. I think for a sicko who spends way too much time thinking about it. And when I say I would have wanted the house with the hot tub and the bowling alley, and I would make the argument that Derek is not necessarily that, um, that's where you come in with just like, like the grown borgs, right? I mean, we've been talking and I'll say it. This is probably... I probably use this way too often on the podcast. Uh, nauseam. Uh, we go on and on about how excited we were to try and take a jump uh, across to the SHL to find our new head coach. And clearly we did not. And it just seemed like that was exciting. So am I over the moon with Derek Lalonde? I can confess I am not, but I still think this is a really good hire. Um, and I, th I think that's fair. I think that's okay. I'm fine with, the, you know, I could have made the choice to not bring that up at all. Uh, now, Derek Lalonde, his statement, we'll jump into that because I, I think it's important, too, to kind of dissect that. Derek Lalonde seems like a really nice guy, uh, but he does he does come through here. I'm thrilled to be named the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. I'd like to thank Chris, Tiger Village family as well, Steve, uh, trusting me with the opportunity to lead this historic franchise. I'm ready to get to work with our group. It's very bright future ahead in Detroit. Um, you know, what was he going to say? But uh, I, I do like to bring out the point here. Uh, he's ready to get to work and we absolutely have to get to work. Um, this is kind of our point going into uh, this week in our last episode, which you guys will hear us. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll actually hear the rest of this right after this, uh, th this episode or this little recording uh, for everyone else. You can just slip on over to episode 242. But we talked about, oh my gosh, we need to get this done. We have the draft coming up next week. Uh, it does make me wonder uh, if this was sort of what we were waiting for, was the lightning to get knocked out of the playoffs for our new head coach to be announced. Do discussions happen? Do the lightning allow that to happen with their old GM to start having discussions on like what the next steps are? Um, as, as much as we'd sit here and agree that Steve Eiserman is the be all end all. Uh, I think you still want to speak to your head coach. There's a reason you bring him aboard and you want to get uh, some of that information. So whether or not you want to believe that they absolutely had not talked about it or they've talked about it a little bit. Um, it's a lot of it's got to happen this week. Uh, so uh, with that being said, um, you know, I did have one point I actually, I already brought up here, but I, I think uh, 
bring up another one here and it, it really <laughs> the long and short of it is what a huge fan of turning into of Derek Lalonde real quick. And like I said, bring up the hot tub, the bowling alley house. Maybe it's not that, but it doesn't mean like the house you land with that you hate it. You just maybe missed out on the house with the hot tub and the bowling alley in the basement. But Derek Lalonde coming from Jordan Strack. A great story. A fan in South Carolina sat behind the walleye bench, of course, coaching the Toledo walleye. He had a poster calling him Uncle Fester from the Adams family after the game, a playoff game, mind you. Lalonde came out, signed the poster, and took pictures. My man, Derek Lalonde, he's not winning any beauty contests. Look, I, <laughs> I immediately thought of, um, I love you, Derek. I hope you never see. I hope you never hear this. I immediately thought of the Harry Potter goblins. A lot of people are thinking Gru. Uncle Fester's been bounced around quite a bit. Um, this guy's going to be a meme uh, king <laughs> in Detroit for a little bit here. This is going to be fun. Uh, and I, I, I do like that he participates in the fun. This is a guy who's, you, you see this story? Who, uh, very self-aware, right? So another good thing. Um, so what's next for Detroit? We still have a couple of openings, as Max Boltman put. Uh, we got to fill who uh, Doug Huda was uh, taking over defenseman and penalty kill, and Jeff Slashko, charge of the goalies. Uh, I know we've had a couple of shout outs. Uh, of course, who else would we shout out but uh, Dominic Koshik being in charge of the goalies? Uh, but we still got to fill those out. And I do like if you guys are reading through some of the articles, um, props to anybody who's remembering to mention this team still needs a lot of upgrades in the roster. So we were never super hard on Jeff. We're not going to be super hard on Derek. You better not be either. Let's focus on the roster. We have our new head coach. I still make the argument. I think a lot of coaches fit right here. I think you have some coaches that will go all the way up here. And there's very few between the very best coach of all time and what most of the coaches are going to fit in. And then you've got your dog crap coaches uh, like from Chicago and the Blackhawks that tell their players to come up with their own place. Those guys are down at the bottom. Very few and far between. I think a lot of coaches fit right here. So right now, all we can think is that Derek is going to fit right here. There's that there's that mean average for goal, for for coaches, and uh, most of them are going to fit pretty close to the standard deviation of what that average is. So I'm just throwing that out there. I think a lot of the coaches are going to fit pretty close to that average line. Um, so again, when you talk about excitement, you talk about you know how thrilled are we going to be? Uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, but of course, we got to see so much more. I just ask everyone, take your time, take a deep breath. If they come out struggling, it's not because Derek's making a bunch of wrong decisions. Not only is he getting to know this team, but this team will struggle because of who's on the roster. So we just have to realize that. We have to come at it with uh, some, some realistic expectations here. So sounds like Derek's a good guy. Sounds like he's going to be fun to make memes off of. And uh, he's excited to get to work. What else can you ask for? All right. You get, you, you also got the long list here. So it's not like, uh, you know, we can turn around and say he hasn't coached anybody, which uh, can sometimes pop up every now and then. Uh, but we do know that Jeff Blaschel had a similar resume. So for any of you that are excited to get rid of Jeff and bring in Derek, 
very similar resume before becoming head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, did Jeff Blaschel have? I don't know why I'm talking like Yoda. But we will see you guys uh, on Tuesday or no, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night uh, to do our final draft preview. Of course, look back on the old episodes. You guys will see all of our content where we've actually taken a deep dive on individual players and uh, tried to figure out where we want to rank these guys for our number eight pick. Take a look at that, and we'll see you guys Wednesday night. And uh, congratulations, Derek Lalonde and Red Wings fans who can finally move on and start thinking about only the NHL draft. All right, we'll see you guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 242 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Today, we're going to talk about Cutter Gauthier. That's right. You've been asking for it. I think somebody asked for it like a month ago. And uh, and here we are. Just so happened, uh, Mort Sider decided to win an award. And we cut back on our episode totals per week. And... Um, I almost... Mike, I almost was kind of hoping you weren't going to message today. Uh, and you were like, what time today? And I, I like out loud said, fuck, because um, I my whole family's sick. Um, it's just you send your kids to daycare. I feel like this has been uh, we've talked we've had this conversation multiple times on the show. But yeah, the kids go to daycare and they bring diseases home and it's awful. And I'm sick right now. I just want to go to bed, but we've got to talk. We only have till July 8th to talk about these stupid prospects. So we got to get out a stupid episode. Hey, Chewie, what's going on? That makes me feel better. Chewie. Oh, you're buddy. doing good, Chewie. Chewie, Matt, our Red Wings rent needs you now more than ever. So very excited that you're here. Matt, I couldn't be more excited for this episode. We're going to talk about Cutter Gauthier. Mm-hmm. Huh? Listen to that pronunciation. Yeah, um, I really wanted to say cuter, goofier, but, you know, I, I put that aside just for you, buddy. Um, also, how do you like in my room? It looks like I'm moving, uh, but actually my significant other has decided she wants to rearrange her books. And so she removed them from the bookshelf and now they're all over the floor. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, you, you might notice if you guys are watching on YouTube that my shelves are more bare because I'm preparing to move. So there's some Funko Pops oh. in this thing over here. Right now, I, I just have Pavel and Jimmy Howard and then my Nicholas Lidstrom book, my my signed Nicky book uh, left mm. over. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, You got to pack. You know, it's almost draft day and you're going to be gone. You're going to be going to a new team, Matt. <laughs> um. I think we had a few nuggets before we jumped into Cutter. Um, Matt. Silver says, here's here's your good. Gauthier. Yeah. Now, yeah. I like I like to think of goat right before I say it because it's possible. Mike, he could be the greatest of all time. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to. But I do he think could. of goat. Uh, I th- goat. Thinking of goat before you say Cutter's last name is a good way to put your mind in the right space. But silver, I still like this. Go chi a. Yeah, see and what I did is I said goch and yay. Mine was like goch yay. Now what's a goch? What do you um, do you just memorize goch? 
It does seem like it would be in the gonad region, but uh, yeah. Grabbing your goach? Yeah. Wiggling around? Giving it a big yay. That's what I think <laughs> we're doing. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, man, we got a new champion. Um, I thought we would just spend 60 seconds on that. Colorado defeated, destroyed uh, the mighty Goliath down in Florida. Disgusting. Um, Tampa Bay, they're going to break up that band and trade Kutrov over here, right? Um, are we calling that destroyed? I feel like we're pretty close to a game seven. I, I'm, uh, they had, Look at that they cool had their... picture, though. Man. Yeah, it is. I, I was wondering, Mike, I wanted to ask you when I saw this picture. Um, is that from the DVD color cover for the season? <laughs> of course. Um, I was going to ask you if you, if the Red Wings, uh, now somebody did point out online on, on, uh, on Twitter, every time the avalanche win the cup, the Red Wings win it the next year. Uh, so that'll be fun to see what they come up with next year. Oh, you old, graphic. You but, old dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I was going to say, Mike, if we had this, do you think, yeah, because I, I think there's somebody missing from this, but do you think Steve Eiserman would have made this picture? Steve Eiserman made this picture. Oh, so you that, mean a Red Wing version? Yeah. So yeah, for anybody listening to the podcast, we're looking at as Mike put it, like it looks like the the DVD cover for the Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup season DVD. Um, I don't know if DVDs are still a thing for the kids at home so it's it's just like a movie poster just pretend it's the <laughs> streaming thumbnail that's what we're it's it's kind of like a dvd cover it's a the streaming icon thumbnail for the movie you're about to watch um i feel like yeah. you've got a really big picture of landy here too and i think the guy who's in the running for the greatest player in the nhl right now is a pretty tiny picture yeah, interesting and, uh, decision interesting but yeah decision. Uh, but like I said, notably missing, which I think is a huge part for this team, because this has been something where for like the last couple of seasons, you would have attached to this team um, any any high profile free agent, uh, anybody that was looking for their next Stanley Cup because they did such a great job screwing over Nathan McKinnon, even though he's not having such a great night as I saw on Twitter. I'm not going to get into that because I didn't read any of the details. It just looks like everybody's mad at Nathan. Again, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm sleepy and sick. We'll just move on from that. But anyway, they did a great job underpaying Nathan McKinnon. They've got a Kale McCarr who's yet to get paid what he deserves. So yeah, to that end, it's still built great. Like you've made a lot of good decisions, right? So I would have put Sackick on here. And Mike, that's where I, I asked you, do you think Stevie Y would have made it to our ours, our poster? I wanted to say ours instead of ours. I made I made an effort and I, I ruined it because now I'm explaining it. Anyway, do you want to answer one of those questions? I, I don't know. I keep talking. I won't stop. I feel like won't um, stop, can't stop. If Eiserman had a vote, he would not want his face on this. I think he would prefer to have uh Maybe the faces of the GMs uh, that he swindled in trades over the years. I think because they 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 have uh, you know directly impacted the team's roster uh, positively. So well, it'd be a, it'd be a fun collage of. Let's uh, paint a picture. Let's yeah. let's do season one game Th- or no maybe maybe it was episode one season two Game of Thrones. Um, along the walls of help me out. What's the What's the castle where the throne is? What's the city? 
Uh, it is called Dragonland. <laughs> the walls are lined with the heads of all of the conquered uh, leaders and and kings from around West. I know. It's, I know we're in Westeros. I can do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Mike, would it would it be fun to have all of the conquered GMs uh, heads on a pike, uh, just like kind of like bordering? Maybe not bordering, but like uh, you see, like uh, Groovy's head there. Like if it was just behind all the players there, like just like a subtle nod, and you just kind of did like as best you could, like a little caricature for each GM that had been screwed over by Stevie Y. Uh, is that? I mean, is there a better way to do it? Because I feel like that's the best way. I do like that a lot. Um, it, it does kind of get my uh, <laughs> your noodle. It does. It does get my uh, my my little noodle going. I do like that phrase as well. Um, <laughs> but again, it's Eiserman would definitely defer, and he'd say, "No, I don't want to be part of this creative thing." So I think the other thing I would really want is all the receipts. Thank you, Eric Johnson, for King's Landing. King's Landing. I want well, all the Eric receipts. Also throws in there a high guys. Well, you're not very high, Eric, because you dropped that, and we desperately needed it. Neither of us are <laughs> under the influence of lettuce. Um, yeah, maybe all the receipts for uh, all the times that people said Eisenman didn't know what he was doing with his draft picks. Um, I would like that under under the walls as well. Um, Silver thirty three forty four. I never noticed my Midwestern accent said ours instead of ours until just now. Thank you for that, Matt. <laughs> no problem, mm. Silver. I love pointing that out. Um, I, you know, I make an effort to say soda because uh, I don't want to be. I, I don't I really don't care if somebody else says pop. It's not like Reese's PCs, which drives me up a fucking wall. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a soda boy. You're a soda boy. I'm just a soda boy. Our family, our family drinks pop. <laughs> anyway, go away. Um, uh, we actually had some viewership for the Stanley Cup, man. Uh, yeah, we had. Uh, uh, where is it? We had an increase of eighty nine. Average, average four point six million viewers up eighty nine percent from last year's Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup playoffs across ABC, ESPN, ESPN two, TNT, and TBS averaged one point four million viewers up thirty nine percent from last year. So, when you take your sport and you put it on real television channels, people can find it. Um, this isn't yeah. them reporting like, oh, we broke records. This is just like increases, I think, because it's easier to find this sport. I and I I don't know about you, Mike. If you I'm forced to watch Sports Center at work. I have ESPN on in front of my desk. Yeah. And isn't that funny? I you know I, I'll just I just sidetrack here a little bit. Like it's normal, right? Like work the workspace. Everybody has like a TV in front of their desk. Like, I don't, I'm not distracted by it all day, but it is kind of funny. Like, that's now the norm. Like, from somewhere, your vantage point, from your desk, and whatever company you work for, there's like a TV that you can see. It's definitely a shred of normalcy. I think if I was walking around and there wasn't, like, sports on in the background with some sort of crawler with information I don't really need, I would be a little concerned. I'd be like, these are end times. But anyway, I was going to say that uh, Sports Center does now do a good job. I don't even know if it's called Sports Center. Whatever's on from on ESPN from, you know, I get to work at like eight, eight till noon. It's the same yeah. thing over and over. But I'll, you know, they would just continuously go over the Stanley Cup Finals. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah, um, it was uh, very weird. I'm not used to seeing that. 
Um, I'm used to seeing like maybe the box score and then like, you know, LeBron James noticing the score on his phone and going, wow, those boys can ball. You know, there's no ball in this game. Um, so yeah, uh, very excited for the NHL to actually, uh, be in front of eyeballs. Um, Ooh, bagel versus boggle. I don't know, Silver. I think we're going bagel on that one. I'm doing a, a, a Y. Yeah, a hard A on that too. one. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric. No, the other uh, thing, hum- just Eric humbling us here a little bit. He, he says, "I work on roofs. There's no TV up here." There I, can I, be, I, Eric, if you bring a TV. <laughs> yeah, that's going to get great reception up there, my man. <laughs> you got to check in with your leader, which would be yourself, Eric, and see if you allow yourself to bring a TV. I, that is that is actually another nice thing. Uh, even if uh, you're sick, you're uh, watching ESPN. You just whip out the old phone, which uh, brings up Mike. Did we talk about this in the last episode? Are you? Did you? Uh, we did you, uh, gloss. We did gloss over it. So um, I did it. I cut the cord last week after we finished recording, Mike. So we did talk about it last week, but I, it's official. Matt is going all in on Bally Sports Plus. Uh, they tried to keep me now, Mike, this is why I brought this up. Cause I thought you'd like this. I wanted to bring it up with our, uh, we have a mutual friend as well. I thought he would get a laugh out of this. So I'll just tell him later. Yeah. Call Comcast or, you know, canceling my Xfinity cable. She's telling me all the reasons I should keep it. Do you watch the local news? No. Do you watch this? No. Do you watch that? No. And she's like going through her list. Like, and she's reading these notes of just like, I just, I want, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not, you know, you're not missing something and you have to call us later and get it back. So I'm, I'm doing the best I can just for you. And I'm like, that's great. I'm pretty solid on, on not doing this. And she's like, well, let's see. You don't sound like a guy who'd care about local sports. And I went, what? And she just went, you just you you don't sound like uh, do you like local sports and i was like that's the only thing i've been watching on xfinity <laughs> so yeah. i i didn't know i know i i don't you know i don't come in with one of these but uh yeah i didn't think i i came off as the surely <laughs> you who've never watched a baseball game in your life yeah uh, kind of voice uh but apparently i do um I, I was tickled by it, but uh, at that point, it was easy for me to say enough's enough. <laughs> after Come that insult, it. after that insult to your manhood, you said, "That's it, I'm done." <laughs> so now, uh, I, what's I the cost say, here for anybody? Uh, so, Bally Sports Plus for the whole year is two hundred bucks. That's I, like what I spend a month on Xfinity. Yes, I. I cut $120 off of my Xfinity bill by <laughs> just going internet. So anybody considering it, uh, I, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be great for my uh, for my bank account. Yeah, go for it. Uh, what are you going to do for premium games that are on like TNT or TBS? Will you just not be watching? Uh, I will be watching those on Hulu. I experimented and I watched uh, the Stanley Cup Finals on Hulu. Are you paying for? So you're paying for Hulu Live? Oh uh, no, I'm not. I I just have Hulu. I have Hulu, oh. Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. I could also watch it on ESPN Plus. The yes, like games on TNT. 
Mm, I couldn't say for TNT, but I have watched TNT games on Hulu. So those are my answers to those. Well, that's uh, certainly enough answer for me. I guess I have an Xfinity phone call in my future. That's <laughs> that's all I cared about. If I have Hulu and Bally and I save, uh, what is that, 60, 60 to 80 bucks a month, well, I'm going to yeah. be a rich man and going to be buying a boat. Woo! <laughs> on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup for eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, all right, so let's talk about Cutter, Mike. Um, yeah. We'll bring him back up here. Matt, this is a uh, position in need here. He's a legit centerman, allegedly, at six foot three. Uh, he does play a lot of left wing, though. But yep. please, God, have him negotiate with his agent to make sure he's always listed as a center, 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 center. Yeah, just we just want him listed as a center so we feel more comfortable filling out our Jay Fresh rosters at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, um, when I saw him play, I, I, I did, you know, the highlights, it doesn't really focus on him being a center. He was just kind of creeping up the wing a lot and just letting rip that big power shot. Um, so, yeah, very excited to talk about this guy, uh, especially because his comparisons, man, were Hurdle the Turtle, a guy I was very excited about before the trade deadline. And then, uh, obviously, the Red Wings did not acquire him. So this could be our, our little uh, Leopold Stotch Butters from South Park void filler. <laughs> For Tomas Hurdle, very excited to talk Cutter today. Yeah, I saw. Uh, so he's been getting some comparisons to Pacioretty, which um, yeah. feels pretty good. Uh, now, this is Elite Prospects finally came out, and we talked about this last week. Um, they came out with their full rundown for each player. It's like uh, multiple pages when you're going through the top 30. And then, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, I think the total number of pages for this is like 500 pages something like that from elite prospects which is just insane and uh it was properly described as the go-to source for nhl sickos like us people who uh have a podcast once a week mike and uh talk to their you know what do we have 10 to 12 buddies who join us every week chewy eric silver you guys are our boys right now um performance art in his real name whatever that was johnny i remember now johnny p go ahead sorry I just, I didn't want to forget. Uh, so we're talking, did we go through the uh, six foot three, 201 pounds? We've got um, a grade of A, just overall for Cutter. That doesn't hurt. Uh, but I, I like these. They rake these guys, and, and we've gone through uh, one of their, their top scouts, Mike. We're, we're a huge fan. Is it uh, St. Antoine? What was what was his name? Uh, St. Jean-Claude. Let's uh, 
let's let's hem and haw and we'll figure out. I think that's a Norm Macdonald bit where he just made up a French guy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Norm. Um, let's do this. Mike, read through those stats. Well, I want to give this guy an actual name. I, this is ridiculous. We should be able to give this guy a name. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if we have stats up, but we just had, you know, where Elite Prospects was scoring Ranking a few him. of, yeah, right, well, the ranks for the whole draft, they're saying for best motor, number five in the whole draft. My God. Uh, for best shot, Matt, there's only three guys ahead of him. He's at number four. As far as, Matt, give me all the, not just not just the you know dipsy doodling forwards. I don't want any dipsy doodlers on my team. Give me a give me a power forward. No, not the top three. I want the top two. Then you'd be like, I got a guy for you, Cutter Gauthier. There you I'd go. I heard that hesitation. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta ease in. You can't you can't just jump in the pool. It might be cold. So, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, that's that's elite hockey prospects. Um, I. I I, I think we kind of trust them. My only beef is, Matt, what is the scale for the skating, shooting, passing, puck handling, hockey sets of physical? I hope it's not out of 10 because there's a lot of fives. <laughs> um, I think it's out of seven. I, um, I'm i scrolling here. So it's uh, David, the guy, the name we were looking for. Um, the Jacques Delamillier. David Saint-Louis. Saint-Louis. Yes. All right. Can you guys hear my mouse scrolling? Oh yeah, it's very loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's very annoying. Yeah. Um, I'm. I think we're scoring these. Let, let's let's say eight. And here's my here's my uh, here's my reasoning. You ready? Uh, Shane Wright has a seven point five for hockey sense. So I'm I'm just gonna say the the top score he could have gotten was an eight. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Um... Is there? Well, why don't you look that up? And I'm just going to drop a quote uh, from one of Cutter's uh, coaches here in the under under 18 league. Uh, we gave uh, Gauthier three things to be a power forward. Ask yourself every game, am I moving my feet? Am I playing physical? And am I getting to the inside? Now, Cutter, narrow the focus on those three things. When you watch him now, I think he nails those three things. I didn't know that uh, we treated these guys like actual kids because uh, that was pretty condescending coaching advice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes it's that kind of advice that gets you ranked as the number two power forward in the whole draft. So it must have worked. I... All right, so let's talk about power forward. Let's talk about uh, he's coming in with, uh, what did we say? Did we say fourth best shot? Uh, they're ranking him as the fourth best shot. Yeah. Let's watch this. Uh, oh, we've got our boy. Uh, what is this pro hockey prospect? Yeah. Man, I'm really feeling how sick I am right now. Um, all right, let's just talk about feelings, right? Because we said if, he, if he's actually going to roll in as a center. Okay, cool. That works. Um, if we talk about, oh, there's a free ad. Yay. Do you guys need uh, a rowing machine? <laughs> this is such a mess right now. All right. Well, Isn't the other thing I sick? wanted to bring up was, yeah. uh, our forwards and we're talking about a power forward was the question I was asking you. And, uh, Mike, we've got obviously Rasmussen at six foot six. We've got a Soderblom who is incoming at six foot eight cutter 
six foot three. The dwarf. Through, rolling through the heights here. He is comparable uh, right now with who's on the roster as the season ended with uh, Sunquist, like I mentioned, the six foot six Rasmussen. And uh, I believe that'd be it from the forward perspective. Um, I mean, if we're getting a guy that we're calling, you know, a great shot, um, can skate pretty well, can create pretty well, I'd say this feels maybe not just. Maybe not just the word need, but I think there's always a want, right, to get this kind of size. And what he's getting comparisons to uh, Hurdle and Pacioretty, and we've already talked about, I mean, I, I think we talked in Nasium about uh, picking up Hurdle uh, while the season was still rolling, and we were trying to peg who's who is our free agent of choice. And, of course, he's not an option, uh, but you kind of could cross off some some boxes here. Like, the timeline isn't exactly perfect, but you're looking for that type of player and you're playing this game will he be you know are we still looking for a 1c are we just looking to fill out a center in the top six this is a guy who at least points you in that right direction and if things don't work out and you get a winger you get a guy with a hell of a shot and has a lot of size and as much as the detroit red wings twitter account would have you believe that michael rasmussen made leaps and bounds this season. I don't think he leapt and bounded enough for me to see a top six forward. So uh, that being said, I know we're still talking about Rasmussen being a center. He also played very well as a winger this year. Um, so I guess the point I'm making is that there's still plenty of room for a six foot three guy with uh, the second best shot <laughs> in the draft this year. Um, so, I think there's two ways to answer this question, Mike, as we're watching uh, Cutter kind of rip up uh, some high schoolers. <laughs> well, at least at least this is international play. Uh, ripping a good one there from uh, who, who was that? Was that Cooley that was passing that? Um, yeah, that's what's so get... hard about watching these highlights, too, is can't really I, I mean, he's playing with. Well, I mean, he's playing with some superstars, um, like oh, the guys who yeah. are ranked above him uh, you know, in the trap this year. So you don't really know if you're you know, watching an A-plus guy or a guy who's really good at being on the coattails. Um, so it just kind of it's just kind of like, can you see a path where the Red Wings draft this guy? And I, I could definitely see where he would endear himself to Red Wing fans because um, there's a lot of them who still want, you know, that gritty guy with a little bit of little bit of beef on him. Um, and this is a we looked at a lot of these prospects, and there's a lot of skin and bones um, out there this year. A lot of guys with, you know, the 18-year-old bodies. Um, but this is one of the few guys that has a little bit of size. So I think it's going to be easy for him to, um, you know, look appealing um, in that way. Um, I don't know if he quite has that unicorn size uh, that Iserman has so fetishized um, in his last couple of runway <laughs> traps. Um, and lightning drafts. Um, there's some, there's some very tall people on that team. Um, I, I just, I don't know if I see it with cutter because, um, I think we've talked about it a few times on this show. Like, do you want a guy who's going to be ready in one to two years, um, you know, to play in the NHL or, you know, are you maybe going to prioritize, you know, a guy who's maybe, maybe has a lower floor, but maybe has the highest ceiling. Um, so maybe they come into this game with like a, you know, their game has like an incredible shot or 
you know, they're a real speedster, like the, you know, the best skater in the draft. Um, I mean, I guess you could see, you know, a few people ranked him um, higher than others. I saw one spot, I think he was ranked as high as number three. Um, but I mean, I've seen him, you know, bottom out at like 14. Um, some had him in the 20s. Um, I, I just, who did we have? Um, forgive me, man. Who did we talk about last week? Um, because their competition was men. Uh, well, last week we talked about cider. Um, oh, two episodes ago. Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, it was, well, um, we've talked about Maddie Savoy. We've talked about Frank Nazar. Lekker Amaki. Lekker yeah, Amaki was the one who played against men. Um, so I, I just, you know, it feels like a stronger barometer when you're watching the tape to be like, okay, he's playing against people who are, you know, adults with babies, uh, <laughs> playing for jobs, you know. And here he's playing against, you know, 17 and 18 year olds and they're, you know, empty stadiums for the most part. Um, so I don't know what kind of, you know, pressure you're really under in those kind of games. Um, besides, you know, you got 20 scouts, uh, you know, just watching with pencils and, and paper. Um, so I, you know, he, he would probably be a fine product, uh, you know, prospect in the, in the, in the system. Um, I know that we kind of wind in the uh, past couple drafts, you know, what kind of, forward size are we acquiring um but it's doesn't look like we had a real issue with lucas raymond he's he's doing pretty well for himself he's not that large um so i i could i could kind of see a path with cutter i i wouldn't put my you know he's not in my top four um just because i, I don't know if he really brings that you know one elite skill that he has at mega ceiling um that i'm that i'm pursuing you know at that spot in the draft where you're, you're starting to get away from the sure things, you know, like a Shane Wright, um, and you're picking the warts, um, and which warts do you want to be, you know, um, willing to work with coaching style or coaching wise. Um, yeah, I cutter. He's, he's six, three, he's got a shot. Um, I, I don't know if he's actually going to be a center. I think he's just bigger than a lot of the other 18 year olds. So they let him take faceoffs. That's, that was kind of, that was kind of what I picked up. So I, I don't want to hate him. You know, he, he might be the best in the in the whole draft. You know, what, what do we know? We're watching 18-year-old kids on Grady footage many times with without multiple angles for the camera. One stationary camera at center ice that just kind of pans left and right like an oscillating fan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so what if he played on an all-star team of Americans? You know, maybe he is going to turn into something. But for my money, not not who I would pick. What, and what I wanted to ask you too, like uh, I didn't actually get this uh, question out, but um, would you be upset if he got picked? Was kind of where I feel like we come at these, and then like next week, I figure we'll give our like who do we actually want to take. But would I be upset if we took a cutter? I think I could see enough here that I I would trust that it fits the Iser plan, and that uh, there's a couple different ways that you could find success with cutter. And maybe maybe we don't see enough of the elite shot here. Um, but I think there's enough going around from, I don't know, at least elite prospect scouts that we can we could say there is there is a significantly better shot. there's, uh, as they put it, a high motor on this guy too. So I I would say I, I, I wouldn't be upset by it, but I hear you on the point of, is that the guy you'd go for? Because you were talking about high ceilings, 
Um, you would you would find Cutter on this list uh, as I went through like elite prospects and all the rankings. You'd find Cutter on there, um, but he was number five on just one guy's list. Consistently on, on the top of everyone's list, Frank Nazar. Above Shane Wright, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but ultimately that's where I'd land, right? That's I'm landing in the spot of you, you, you have Steve Eiserman go up to the podium. I don't know how they're doing it this year in Montreal, but Steve Eiserman goes up to the podium. They say cutter me angry. Nah, maybe a little bummed. If like I mentioned, Nazar a second ago, maybe, um, but they're also, I think there's one quick conversation we could have Mike. Uh, we, we have, uh, let's see, how do I want to pull this up here? Bob McKenzie. We've talked about it since we started discussing uh, the NHL draft. Bob McKenzie's list. That's it. That's what happens. That's how these guys get drafted. For some reason, so here's... that's the truth. But let me finish. Yeah. Bob McKenzie, week before the draft. Uri Slavkovsky, number one on his list. Shane Wright, number two. Mike? Dropping bombs. You trade up? Get Shane do I? Wright at number two? Um, I mean, what are we doing here? How you else are we going to get a top center? I'm going to say you've got a center that could probably be ready to go this year. What are we doing this for? We're trying to get a top center if the trade's on the table and I'm, you know, not having to pull my pants down and give up, you know, Edmondson. Yeah, I'm making that move. All right. I uh, I totally agree. Um, and I would even listen to a conversation about Edmondson. Uh, depends. I, I mean, depends we do. on the trade. But I, yeah. I'm not necessarily looking at Edmondson right now and saying that's more insider 2.0. I think we have enough there that we could be excited about it. But I I would just say if we're talking about picking up Shane Wright, and that's, I don't know. I feel like that's a really important conversation. It depends on what Steve sees. If Steve makes the move, I'm 100% on board. I think we are all still drinking that Steve Kool-Aid. But uh, I, I might, I'm not, I'm not, if I'm making a list, I, gosh, Mike, would you would you trade Lucas Raymond? <laughs> would he be a part of that trade? Because I'm put, I'm not putting more cider on there. Cider, we're good. We're done. Um, no, I, no, because the whole point of this is to get NHL players, and I, I don't think that we can do a guy who's already proven he can be in the NHL. We don't know if Shane Wright can, but we know Lucas can. Okay. I think that's legit. That's that's a good argument. I guess but I do want to I do want to bring this back to Cutter though, because I, I don't want to go too far right. into the right. into the maybes. Um, let me let me put this let me pose this to you. So Cutter, you know, I'm, I've definitely just given him a lot of grief um, as a guy who I don't feel has a as a huge ceiling. But of the guys we've talked about, I feel weirdly confident that he would definitely have a job in the NHL. Cutter is, is number five on that same list we were just talking about. So he's only a few spaces behind Shane Wright and that on that same Bob McKenzie list. But go ahead. 
No, I, I just feel pretty confident that this this guy can find a job in the NHL. Um, you know, as a you know maybe a third or fourth line winger center uh, with a shot. You know, he's got a little size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's really good at focusing on three things, and then uh, you know, becoming a top bar, bar four in the draft at least. And I would honestly, uh, it's weird that of a lot of the guys we talked about, I'm going to pick on my buddy Lambert. Uh, Brad Lambert, you know, the, the guy with the best skating in the draft. Um, I, I think he's got a really high ceiling, but if he, if he never panned out and never really became a scorer, I, you know, I will also would not be surprised. So it's weird that I would still of those two roll the dice on Lambert rather than take cutter, um, just because of the prospect of what he could be. Well, silver's got Soderblom, uh, the eighth pick a second round and a fifth round to move up silver. I don't know how you trade a hall of famer like Elmer Solterblom. So I got to say he's off the table. Absolutely not trading him. <laughs> anybody else, anybody, you can't talk me into trading Solterblom. I've, I've waited too long watching these prospect lists and highlight videos. I want to see this unicorn in real life. Uh, Dan B throws out there, make sure you don't draft size alone. Rasmussen is huge, but plays small. Always take most talent over position. Dan, does the, the, does the high rankings for the motor that we, uh, we talked about on elite prospects, does that change anything for you? Cause I, and, I and keep in mind was... that we have not criticized him for his skating. It's not elite, but it's not, you know, Rasmussen bad. Right. And when Rasmussen was picked up, like he seems to have lived and and brought to the table everything that scouting reports said, don't draft Rasmussen for these reasons. And then they kind of came to fruition. Uh, I did want to point out too. Eric pointed out a while back. Um, Nazar was the center on uh, Gauthier's line. He does also throw it. I could be wrong though, but uh, I think we did see on some of those highlights that Nazar was involved in there. Uh, that's, what I, that's part of the problem too, right? Cause that's how they can all say that they're all centers and wings. Cause they all kind of interchange with each other. So it's really a tough, tough job for Iserman trying to pick one of these guys. Uh, real quick. Curtis wants to know, he was uh, tweeting at us. Uh, he left family dinner to ask has uh, Derek Lalonde been hired yet. I am at a bit. He will be hired tomorrow morning after this episode goes live for the podcast. <laughs> um, but Silver does say he comes back to that uh, to that trade. Um, for a who says no, Mike Mike says no. Silver, he is I'm not trading the Hall of Famer. No, sorry, <laughs> Silver. And uh, Eric throws in there too. Uh, Jersey might be looking for a D man. I think that is very true. Um, and I think that's where maybe that conversation starts. Now, Mike, another interesting little nugget here: Lekaramaki on McKenzie's list falls at number eight. Of course, that would mean if nothing changes, guess what happens? We get Lekaramaki and Mike, number 16 on this list. Uh-oh, Brad? Your boy, Brad. My boy? Yeah. So would you trade back or maybe we play trade up, but just to the middle of the draft, which, of course, would be a much easier pick to land. Red Wings play the same game two years in a row, walk away with two first-round picks. Also, uh, I do want to point out Frank Nazar, number 15 on the list. Oh, no. 16. So you could really play a fun <laughs> game there <laughs> if it goes that route. Yeah. Connor Geeky, um, number 13. I, I think we walked away not too thrilled with Connor Geeky, but uh, 
Like we, we just mentioned Not a second ago, Frank Nazar rated to have the highest ceiling from elite prospects. So a lot, a lot to like there. I'd, I'd be willing to see what happens there. Um, can we just uh, a quick little pivot to Derek Lalonde? Um, oh, Chewy, I, Chewy's got it. Do it like the Pistons. Oh, uh, Chewy. God damn, was that a fun draft? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was kind of cool. I, Lions scored, you know, ranked really well, but the Pistons. I was giggling my buns off when Sacramento butchered another uh, first round pick uh, by letting arguably the best athlete in the draft fall to our beloved Pistons. But that's another podcast if I could talk Matt into it uh, or do a, a Piston Piston podcast. Um, but uh, Matt, for Derek Lalonde, this is not what I wanted. I, I didn't want just, just an assistant from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sorry. I wanted my guy from Europe. Well, um, it appears that uh, every article uh, about the Detroit Red Wings right now that's been coming out for, you know, the news and Freep and MLive and I know. your little hockey and blogs. That's all... why we had this this weird void. What is Iserman interviewing anybody? How come we don't have a coach yet? Well, He's we waiting said... for him to lose the Stanley Cup Finals. That's what he wants, a loser. <laughs> but... Um... We said there'd be a, a coach before the NHL draft, so it's got to happen soon. And like I said, watch out for it. This is we're this is nine o'clock on June twenty eighth. It will be happening June 29th. The Red Wings will announce their new stupid coach. <laughs> oh, uh, coming back to Dan B, I asked him earlier how he feels about the compete level that. Um, oh my gosh, I got to tell you, I'm gonna th- I got to hit the timeout button here for a second. I. I told you my whole family's sick. I am getting chills and aches like you wouldn't believe. And I'm such a dumb shit because I'm, I'm starting standing to, feel... to record this episode. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm I... starting to feel that too, just thinking about that Lalan news tomorrow. I'm getting uh, really nauseous. I'm going to throw up. Um, all right. I'm sorry, Dan. Um, we asked you the question about uh, the... What was it? Um, about the hard work... Oh, the compete. The compete. Yeah, I'm going to throw up. Um, Don't do it, Matt. Stay in there. But, Dad, just, just swallow to give it. Him, since we asked him, I wanted to read his answer. Oh um, <laughs> I'll always give the advantage to guys who play hard every shift, like Pertuzzi's compete level. Dan, I am not making a joke about throwing up uh, on your answer. I am. I, I, I think I'm going to throw up here in a minute. <sighs> um, <laughs> well, you make sounds like that. <laughs> That's like a pre-violent, man. <laughs> Jesus. I, um, all right. It's like, so it's like 60 degrees down in my basement, which is where I record. And I am sweating my balls off right now. This is wow. uh, one of the, uh, oh my God. Whew. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Silver does throw out there. Let's trade back. Uh, we still got to think about depth. Silver, I that that is a great point. I think that that's... That's kind of like once I saw the Bob McKenzie list and I saw a couple of our favorite guys uh, who have those high ceilings like Mike was talking about are, are falling to the middle of the pack. Um, it's it's not anything where I think if we look at our GM, like he's not going to take those phone calls. He's not already planning on making calls himself. Um, but I just think we focused a lot on the eighth pick and – it might be worth it, Mike. Maybe we drop back and we go back to back and get Nazar and Brad Lambert. Maybe that's an option. Um, 
So we could walk away and just kind of load the deck, right? Like we've talked about how weak we are center-wise. Um, yeah, we just keep having all of these question marks and you kind of shrug your shoulders like, I don't know, maybe they could be good. And uh, we don't have sure things. Now you're going back. You're moving back in the draft. Then we're not playing this game of like losing any of our top prospects. But if you're moving up in the draft, that's where... You know, I mentioned Lucas Raymond and you went, absolutely not. But I think that's when you call, those are the things that the, you know, I guess if we're talking the devils, they are going to be leaning closer towards Edmondson. But um, yeah, like, you know, the, the questions get easier to answer. Like, what are you willing to give up to, you know, go to the middle of the draft as opposed to, or middle of the first round? Mike, it looks like you're going to throw up now. You have your hand over your mouth. Um (laughs) <laughs> no, I was just because uh, moving back is always really sexy, but you got to like find trade partners to do it. Um, so, I mean, you could maybe look at like Winnipeg. They have like 14, but they also have, you know, all the way down to like number 30. Um, I don't know how that how attractive that is for people or the Sabres have 16 and 28. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're really in a spot where they want to, you know, draft number eight and number nine. Uh, maybe they do, um, but I mean that's that's the calls you'd be making. You'd be getting sixteen and twenty eight. Uh, you'd be getting you know fourteen and thirty, uh, or the Ducks at ten and twenty two. But it, it kind of feels like they purposefully, you know, that was part of that Lindholm trade uh, to get the extra pick. It doesn't. I don't know if they want to necessarily. Hey, uh, speaking of ten and twenty two, how about we just get uh, marginally better at number eight and give away a bonus first rounder. So I don't know if the Ducks really want to be a part of that. I think what you would have to do is trade into the first round, not trade back. So that means you have to give up a second rounder and probably an NHL player, um, Joe Valeno. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Chewy thrown out there. It's probably the Hawaiian shirt, which is making me lose my uh, lunch. Eric, uh, what's funny is he also threw in must be the shirt. Um, I think it's Lalonde. I think it's that Lalonde news has taken Matt down. <laughs> roaring fork mike who says no on roaring for uh, forks proposal here um who says no bert johansson booyam to new jersey for the number two eiserman really all right all right for shane right i mean an nhl guy and two top prospects for uh a guy who hasn't played in the nhl yet yeah i think eiserman says no all right all right i'm just i'm wondering if bert is long for this red wings world We'd want a little more. We'd need an NHL player. That's that's too much. All right, all right. I I might I might have said New Jersey said no. You don't really don't know. know what you're getting with Johansson, Booyah, Bert. You know what you're getting. Uh, but I also come back to like, is that the difference maker for New Jersey? And they also are gonna have to pay him too. Like obviously, Steve Eiserman has zero interest in paying Bert for what can you, he brings to the NHL. <laughs> can you pull that trade offer back up real quick? Yeah, because I think Eiserman says no. But the Roaring Fork, what would you say to that trade? Who says no? I kind of want to know. Um, well, he proposed it. That's hard to say because he. I thought he was just trying to propose a fair offer. What he what he saw was fair. So is he saying that he would say yes to that as the Red Wings? I I don't know. I I, I will say. From Roaring Fork's perspective, I think he can answer that question, but 
it's hard to say when it's your trade proposal because you 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 know that's the fair deal to Roaring Ford. Um, I not in this draft. I think because um, it feels like the consensus is that Shane Wright is not you know like Connor McDavid. He's very good, but it's a this isn't a Connor McDavid draft. For a Connor McDavid draft, I would absolutely visit that. But for Shane Wright, I he hasn't quite. Roaring Fork is is actually bringing up a good point. Um, you save an asset, actually, in doing that trade as opposed to giving up the number eight pick because you get to uh, – you hold on to that draft pick, and now maybe you're picking up Lekaramaki, right? My apologies. I, for some reason, I just assumed our draft pick would be included. If we're not including that top eight pick, then, yeah, I'd do that trade. Oh, cool. All right. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. There you go, Roaring Fork. We're all on board. I, I liked it. Mike's, Mike's on board. Um. All right. Uh, Eric does say he thinks New Jersey says no. Um, See, that's Johnny tough because New Jersey, like, a lot of their prospects are starting to get there. So maybe they do want some NHL ready guys. And Johnny P, there's my buddy, performance art. When the art. hell are we getting a coach? Well, probably in the next uh, 12 hours or the so. The second we stop recording. Um, and then Johnny P says, Matt looks like an episode of Blow. Um, Matt looks that- like Butcher from The Boys. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Hope going he doesn't for. start dropping sea bombs on us. You don't like yeah. that? <laughs> I. All right. There's a lot of new TV. You know, like Stranger Things is out there. We just had Obi Wan. Miss Marvel. Big fan. That is pretty cute. Um, yeah. The Boys is the best TV show. It's the best show on streaming networks. It's the best show available. I shouldn't even put an asterisk of streaming networks. The boys is consistently turning in, like, I I just giggle the whole time. What was it? it was the hero gasm episode just came out where there's just a bunch of heroes and there's that yeah. one guy with the super huge thing that was like tickling everybody's ear, which I thought was hilarious. I could not stop laughing. Um, it was. That show I was will. Good. That show I will put up there with like Better Call Saul for like appointment viewing when the new ones come out i can't wait to watch it because like the violence is so well done um the comedy is really like you know knee slapping funny but the writing is so strong where it feels like the there's actual weight to the drama like i i i'm gonna say that that show might have the best villain in tv history and I, i i i feel even including, you know, like the if we do like a, a Breaking Bad again, including Gus Fring, he's a he's a better villain. I would say Homelander's a better villain. Um, uh, girl who blows up heads, boys. Um, yeah, Victoria Newman. Oh man, I am. Wait, is that her? Maybe that's not her. That's not her. Oh, She's the one who's supposed to look like that state rep AOC in New York. Maybe that's why I have a huge crush on her. Yeah, that's why have... she was cast. She's she's supposed to be the stand-in for that, like the progressive. So, the actress's name is Claudia Dumit. Um, I have the biggest okay. crush in the world right now on her. Oh my gosh, Whew, I love watching the boys. Um, yeah, really good. Where show. were we? Better not show your kids. So. Yeah, a lot of R-rated so stuff in there. For it's for adults. All right. Yeah. Um. Oh no! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Come on. Whoops! What it? 
Wait, which spoiler did we talk about? What did Don't I repeat do? it. You you <laughs> gave away you gave away part of the new episode. Wait, what did I say? Oh, right. <laughs> well, you know what? Technically, it's a recreation from the comic book, so it's already out. The spoilers out there. They just you know. You know what, Johnny P? He does this to me all the time, and I'm glad that now we have it on tape. It was you the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Your Honor, it was Matt. We got him. Oh, I did want to point out, uh, where was it? Somebody, oh, Dan B. Without number eight, no way New Jersey makes that deal. Um, I, I'm on board. I, I will take that trade, no problem, from a Red Wings fan perspective. But I agree with Dan. That's what I was saying earlier. I, I thought New Jersey would say no to that. Uh, Justin thrown out there, Philip Sedina, shy to L.A. for Alex Turcotte and the 2023 third-round draft pick. Shai Booyam is from San Diego, California, which Ooh. I will point out is it's actually a lot further uh, to, I mean, it's closer to LA than Detroit is, but that's uh, a bit of a drive, isn't it? So like a two hour drive or my I... wait from where San Diego to LA. Uh, yeah, you can do that in a couple hours. That's not too bad. Um, all right, Mike, who says no? Uh, whoever is uh, acquiring Zadina. Zadina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's I, a it's a low risk move, um, and I, I I think we would have to throw in the the draft pick, so it'd be a third rounder Zadina and Shea. Is it William for yeah. Turcat? Shy. Yeah. Um. All right, Matt's gonna go throw up. Uh, we just went twenty extra minutes. I, I'm sorry for everybody that just joined, but I am. I'm going to die. Uh, I'm literally sweating my balls off right now, even though it's 60 degrees in my basement. Um, my whole family's sick. Uh, final thoughts, Cutter, if he gets drafted, I'll be fine with it. But uh, I'm still a Frank Nazar fan. And uh, I tell you guys what, next week when we uh, we do our last episode before the draft, right? That would be our last episode before the draft. Yeah. Um we will go through uh, highest ceilings, highest floors, and we'll kind of rank which guys we want. Uh, we're going to rank them, you know, based on our, our own list. We've kind of teased the list a couple of times, but uh, we think that we've pointed out all the guys that are legit possibilities for the Red Wings in our last, uh, what, month and a half here. Uh, yeah. So we're going to go through that list and anybody we've missed, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll look at round number two. So, um That'll be our draft preview, and uh, we'll be coming at you guys. What do you think, Mike? Is we go back on the Wednesday schedule, or uh... yeah, we can do that next week. Uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. All right, July sixth. We'll see you guys for a draft preview, and then um, you know what? We'll have to be back around on social media because it's it's the NHL draft. Oh, and of course, we'll, we'll I'll do a surprise episode if uh, we'll land. Yeah, once we sign our new coach. No. Right, because we would have Gromborg would already be a Red Wing. No. I was just my dream was that they were just gonna interview him and be like, okay, we were wrong. Let's let's go to Sweden. But no. <laughs> well yeah, do you see Barry Trotz was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> like even his hometown Winnipeg. Had kind of been acting like, all right, Barry's coming home. And Barry was just like, nah, 
I think I'm, he didn't actually retire, but he he's done for now. So he's still, he's still available for good teams, uh, but not, uh, not for the jets, not for the Red Wings. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll keep an eye out and everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Toodles.